Okay, Hare Krishna. So it says 7, 8, 19 to 25, but actually it's only 25. I think we did 19 to 24 yesterday. So it's okay, it's just 25, yeah, 7, 8, 25. We'll figure that out anyway later when we read. Jaya Radha Madhava Kunja Bihari Jaya Radha Madhava Kunja Bihari Jai Gopi Janavallama Girvaranhari Jai Gopi Janavallama Girvaranhari Yashodanandana Brajajanaranjana Yashodanandana Brajajanaranjana Yamunatira Vanechari Yamunatira Vanchari Jaya Radha Madhava Kunja Vihari Jai Shri Krishna Chaitanya Prabhu Nityananda Shri Advaita Gadadhar Shri Vashadigaur Bhakta Vrinda Hare Krishna, Hare Krishna, Krishna Krishna, Hare Hare, Hare Rama, Hare Rama, Rama Rama, Hare Hare. Hare Krishna, 
हरे कृष्णा हरे कृष्णा 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 हरे 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 राम हरे राम 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 हरे 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 कृष्णा हरे कृष्णा 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 हरे 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 रामा हरे रामा राम रामा हरे 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 कृष्णा हरे कृष्णा 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 हरे 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 रामा हरे रामा राम रामा हरे 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 कृष्णा हरे कृष्णा 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 हरे 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 राम हरे राम 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 हरे 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 कृष्णा हरे कृष्णा 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 हरे 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 राम हरे राम 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 हरे हरे जय प्रभु पदा प्रभु पदा प्रभु पदा श्रीला प्रभु पदा जय जय प्रभु पा प्रभु प्रभु जय जय प्रभु जय ओम विष्णुपाद परमहंस परिवर्जकाचार्य स्तोत्र सत शिष्य मस्जिद दिवैन गिरीश ऐसी भक्ति वेदांत स्वामी श्री प्रभुपाद की श्री श्री गौर नित्याय की जय श्री श्री राधा वल्लभ की जय श्री श्री जगन्नाथ बलजेश्वर माई की अनंत कोटि वैष्णव वृंद की नित्याय गौर प्रभानंदे ओम नमो भगवते वासुदेवाया 
ओम नमो भगवते वासुदेवाय ओम नमो भगवते वासुदेवाय So today we are reading from Shrimad Bhagavatam, the beautiful Shrimad Bhagavatam. Canto number 7, chapter number 8, text number 25, 7.8.25, okay? Tato bhipadya bhayahanan mahasuro Tato bhipadya bhyahanan mahasuro Rushanyarshimham gadayoru vegaya Rushanyarshimham gadayoru vegaya Tam Vikramantam Sagadam Gadadharo Tam Vikramantam Sagadam Gadadharo Mahoragam Tarkshaya Suto Yathagrahiti Garahit let me retry, hang on. Mahoragam Tarkshaya Sutoyata Grahit Mahoragam Tarkshaya Sutoyata Grahit Tatobhipadya Bhayanan Mahashuro Rushanarshimham Gadayoru Vegaya Tam Vikramantam Sagadam Gadadharo Mahoragam Tarkshaya Sutoyatagrahit Tatobhipadya Bhayanan Mahasuro Rushanarashimham Gadayoru Vegaya Tam Vikramantam Sagadam Gadadharo Mahoragam Tarkshaya Sutoyatagrahit Tatobhipadya Bhenan Mahasuro Rushanarashimham Gadayoru Vegaya Tam Vikramantam Sagadam Gadadharo Mahoragam Tarkshaya Sutoyatagrahit Tatobhipadhyabhyanan Mahasuro Rusanarashimham Yadagu Vegaya Vikramantam Sagadam Gadadharo 
महोरगम तारक्षया सुतोयताग्रहित मतजिस तातो विपद्याम हेनन महासुरो यक्षानरशिम्हम यदारो युवेगया तम विक्रमंतम सगदम गदाधरो महोरगम तार्क्षया सुतोयताग्रहिन Okay, Sanskrit. Tatha, thereafter. Abhipadya, a taking. Abhyahanat, struck. Maha Ashuraha, the great demon. Hirinakashipu. That's pretty interesting, yeah? Bhagavatam says Maha Asura. Normally we say Maha, you know, in a very positive, Maha Prasadam, you know, or Maha Garland. Oh, Maha Seva. There is Maha Asura as well, you know, Maha Demon. Hirnakashapu. Rusha Videnga. Narshimham, Lord Narshimadev. Gadaya, by his club. Uru Vegaya, moving with great force. Tam, him. Hirnakashapu. Vikramantam, showing his prowess. Sagadam, with his club, Gadadhara, Lord Narshimadev, who also holds a club in his hand, Maha Urugam, a great snake, Tarkshaya Sutaha, Garuda, the son of Tarkshaya, Yatha, justice, Agrahit, captured. Translation and purport, but oh, there's actually no purport, yeah. So, translation by Shlurupad, and then I'll read the next one as well. Thereafter, the great demon Hiranyakashipu, who was extremely angry, swiftly attacked Narshimadev with his club and began to beat him. Lord Narshimadev, however, captured the great demon along with his club, just as Garuda might capture a great snake. By the way, the title of the chapter I forgot to announce was the Lord. The Lord slays the king of the demons. So at the moment we are seeing the fight between Narshima Dev and Hirinakashapu. What do you think will happen, Sivya? Yeah, even the children in Krishna consciousness know this, yeah. <laughs> and that if if he didn't, then the title of the chapter also gives it away. The Lord slays the king of the demons. You know, sometimes when we watch movies or you know, or read a storybook, when the suspense is there. It brings in more, I think, thrilling, you know, as journey of reading the book. But when you already know what will happen, then Bhagavatam is still is still thrilling. We'll figure out why. Yeah? So anyway, I'll read that again so you can visualize exactly what is happening. Thereafter, the great demon Hirnakashapu, who was extremely angry, swiftly attacked Narshimadev with his club and began to beat him. Hmm. So uh, Hirnakashapu has got some advantage over the Lord at the moment. He's beating the Lord. That's pretty tough, yeah, to beat the Lord. Lord Narshimadev, however, on the other hand, captured the great demon along with his club, just as Garuda might capture a great snake. How many of you can capture a snake? Huh? But how many of you can capture a mosquito? That's pretty easy for us, yeah. 
So this is like this. You know, the mosquito might bite us time to time. But it's not so hard for us to capture the mosquito, yeah? After all, we win. So here it's the same thing, you know. Uh, Hirnakashapu is beating the Lord, which the Lord is doing as a leela. But eventually he gets captured. Then what happens after he gets captured? Text number 26. I'll read the English, yeah? Oh, Yudhishthira, oh, great son of Bharata, when Lord Narasimha Dev gave Hirinakashapu a chance to slip from his hand, so the Lord is giving Hirinakashapu to slip from his hand, just as Garuda sometimes plays with the snake and lets it slip from his mouth, the demigods who had lost their abodes and who were hiding behind the clouds of fe for the fear of the demon did not consider that incident very good. Indeed, they were very perturbed. So the Lord allows Hirnakashapu to slip from his hand and then the Hirnakashapu slips from his hand. Just as sometimes uh, Garuda might allow a snake to slip from his hand. Prabhupada writes, when Hirnakashapu was in the process of being killed by Lord Narasimha Dev, the Lord gave the demon a chance to slip from his clutches. This incident was not very much appreciated by the demigods, for they were greatly afraid of Hirnakashapu. They knew that if somehow Varada Hirnakashapu escaped from Narasimha's dev hand and saw that the demigods were looking forward to his death with great pleasure, who wants to finish this? Who wants to finish this storyline? So Prabhupada writes, the dem without looking in the books here. Yeah. So the demigods were scared, you know, they were watching the match from behind the clouds. And when, when Hirinakashapu has slipped from the hands of Narshimadev, they became scared and perturbed. Because they knew that if Hirinakashapu found out that the demigods were watching with the pleasure for Narshimadev to win the fight, but if Hirinakashapu escapes, why would the demigods be scared? Because, end the sentence now. <laughs> Hirinakashapu would kill them, yeah? So if you are supporting a team, you got to be very careful of the right team you are supporting. Because if they don't win, if you put your money on a team, you know, if they don't win, you are, we are crushed. So similarly, the demigods have relied heavily on the Lord to win the battle. So when the Lord is doing the leela of letting Hirinakashapu slip time to time, it is not giving demigods too much joy <laughs> because they think, oh my goodness, if this guy sleeps, we are slept. <laughs> so he is there, they are scared. Yeah? So let's see how Prabhupada ends it. Yeah? Enjoy this one more time. Yeah? Now that we know the Prabhupada's mood, let's just enjoy this one more time. They knew that if somehow or the other Hirinakashapu escaped from Narasimha Dev's hands and saw that the demigods were looking forward to his death with great pleasure, he would take revenge upon them. Therefore, they were very much afraid. Hmm? And so we have built the storyline, yeah? Om Jnanati Mirandhasya Jnananjana Shalakaya Chakshurun Militam Yena Tasme Shri Guru Enama Nama Om Vishnu Padaya Krishna Prasthaya Bhutale Shri Mate Bhakti Vedanta Swami Niti Namine Namaste Saraswate Deve Gauravani Pracharine 
निर्विशेषाशून्यवादी पाश्चात्यादेशिणे जय श्री कृष्ण चैतन्या प्रभु निनंद श्रीयद्वैता गदाधार श्रीवासदी गौरभक्तवृंद हरे कृष्णा हरे कृष्णा 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 हरे 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 रामा हरे रामा राम रामा हरे हरे ओके सो कपल ऑफ थिंग्स फेस्टली वेन आई रेड दिस येस्टडे I didn't know what to talk on, to be honest, because you know the fight is going on between the Lord and Hirana uh, Kashyapu, and at the moment Bhagwatam Sukhdev Goswami is just describing that fight, you know, and there is literally, you know, like sometimes there is commentary, you know, when a sports match is going on or when a boxing ma- boxing match is going on, so Bhagwatam also is just describing that fight. So what to speak? Hmm? So I was quite little. Uh, uh unaware actually what to speak you know when i'm given the chance to speak to that then it struck me uh that actually you know i also go through similar fights in my life hmm? there is that internal battle you know as devotees that we go in our go through in our life we don't have to fight with others so much you know that we have to go and smack them on the street or you know take a gun and shoot somebody or bow and arrow you know we have to shoot somebody time to time we may get into verbal arguments you know with devotees and with non devotees in the office time to time but not so much as devotees we generally control ourselves and move on you know unless it requires action we just tolerate it and move on hmm but there is one fight that personally speaking you know i go through you know i've been through many years of my krishna consciousness and i must you know admit that i will still go through and there is the fight internally the battle inside with so many you know vices that sits in the heart the anarthas that we try to cleanse with the process of bhakti yoga so that fighting is going on so i thought i'll speak on that fighting you know uh, and i'm going to share some of my realizations as well uh, and some theories and some philosophy as well and some tips and techniques as well you know uh, how to how to prepare for this match sometimes you know when there is sports going on the coach tells the you know the, the players you know how to prepare yourself and the team that wins is actually not the not the team that is that plays the best sometimes the team that wins is the team that has got the character the determination the fire the tolerance you know that is stamina and then they win generally you know when it comes to the final stage you know both teams could be equally strengthful equally uh, outplay each other but the eventual winner uh also requires lot of character lot of determination lot of courage you know no provocation in all those things so that's such an analogy can also be used in our own lives you know when we have to fight this battle so how do we fight them so we'll start with that hmm? so let's start with this you know and i'll just talk about maybe three or four aspects you know in the next 20 minutes and then you can have question answers and can you you can share your own realizations as well you know it might just add value to the discussion so feel free to you know uh, add as we go rather than at the back end it might make it a little bit more interactive and interesting as well at the same time so let's start with this to fight for what is right is right to fight for what is right is right now we are told that as devotees we should always tolerate hmm, and be forgiving that is absolutely correct no tolerance is a virtue forgiveness is a virtue but tolerance and forgiveness are not the only virtues it has to be balanced with justice so shrimad bhagavatam bhagavad gita 
does not shy away from narrating the stories of fighting. Hmm? Arjun is no uh, pure devotee of the Lord, but when he is disinterested in fighting, the Lord disapproves it. Hmm? Arjun's disinterest is disapproved by the Lord. Now, who is this Lord? You know, how can Sri Krishna tell Arjuna to actually fight when so many other times we hear that fighting is abominable? So why this incitement of fighting? Uh, to the point that a lot of times, you know, when we distribute books, especially Bhagavad Gita, among the Hindus, you know, they will say that I don't want this book because it provocates fighting, especially on the cover page itself. <laughs> there is Krishna, you know, and Arjuna on the chariot ready to shoot arrows. You know, so people discourage themselves from buying the book because it incites violence. Hmm? So let's understand, you know, why fighting is, you know, fighting for something right is actually the right thing to do, you know, not just give away like that so so then you know bhagavad gita you know we, then krishna tells arjuna that actually you know your disinterest in, in fighting is not coming out of your compassion but out of your confusion so compassion is fine has got its ground but confusion is another thing so this is the confusion that krishna wants to dissipate in arjun hmm? arjun actually gives compassion is one of the reasons you know? those of us who have studied bhagavad gita thoroughly and bhakti shastri we know that arjun gives five reasons actually four you know, four categories of reasons you know, and the fifth one was kind of indecision and we'll talk about that four reasons to not to fight hmm? and what were they now this if this helps you when i was doing my bhakti shastri back then you no know, i developed this acronym called dices D-I-C-E-S, hmm? because uh, the battle kind of started with dices only, yeah? in the gambling match, yeah, dices. It's interesting to see Surubhi and Gokul in school clothes, because I normally come in the weekend, <laughs> and they are dressed in Vaishnava attire. So all of a sudden to see them in, you know, uh, Albert, uh, Middle Park attire, is like different to me. But it's quite, uh, quite cute actually, you know. <laughs> Last time I saw them, they were playing in the backyard when I was renting next to your place, yeah. All of a sudden they are in school attire. Kids have grown up. Sorry, I digress. So, uh, what was I saying? Huh. So, the acronym DICES, yeah? D-I-C-E-S. So, if it helps you, remember this as well. So, D for destruction of family dynasty. I'm not going in any particular order because Arjun talks about in different order. But for the purpose of the acronym, D stands for destruction of family dynasty. That, oh Krishna, if I fight, the fam family dynasty will be broken and there will be Varna Sankara, you know. So, I don't want to fight. So, that's D. Let's park I for now. Let's go to C. What do you think C stands for? Of course you figured it out, it's compassion, because we spoke about it, yeah? So Arjun didn't want to fight because he was, he apparently was compassionate towards his kid and kin. So he said, I don't want to fight. I'm not going to go into too much detail about each of them, yeah? That's topic for another day. So C for compassion. E is enjoyment, or rather lack of enjoyment. Arjun said, if I fight, you know, the whole kingdom will be tainted with blood, either way. So what is the joy in enjoying this kingdom if it's tainted with the blood of my own cousins and grandfathers? So I'm not going to fight. Lack of enjoyment. And S is for sinful reaction. If I fight, I will get sinful reactions. And Krishna refuted all of them, one by the other, you know, one or the other. So let's come back to the I. I is for indecisiveness. And that's when I said, Arjun's reason to fight, Krishna said, is not so much out of compassion or destruction of family dynasty or sinful reactions or lack of enjoyment. It is more so that you are indecisive. And Arjun actually admits it. You know, I'm now indecisive. Oh Krishna, tell me decisively, what should I do? So here the point that I was wanting to make that that internal battle that we have to fight. Mm. We have to continue to fight. It is our right to fight that battle. 
because it is an impediment on the path of our bhakti. Now, the next point. Hmm? To lose the will to fight is to lose the fight. In fighting the anarthas, that is, you know, weeding inside our heart, if we lose the will to fight them, we actually lose the fight. Come back to Arjun. Hmm? Arjun, one of the greatest warriors ever. Okay? If ever anybody had told him to put his bow and arrows aside, he would have been completely infuriated and probably beheaded the person. Because that, because because to be uh, uh, to be to be uh, uh, to be told to put the bow and arrow away for a mighty warrior like Arjun is unbearably disgraceful. No, they will not do that. It's like asking uh, one of the top cricketers, you know, in the final to put the bat away and don't bat. They will not do that. It's it's in their system, you know, to go and bat even if they are injured. A lot of times we see sports players are injured, but they will still play. No, because that is the inner strength they have. So it is unbearably disgraceful for them to put their weapon away. But Arjun was ready to put his weapon down. In fact, the Gandhi was slipped from his hand, right? Why did that happen? From being completely infuriated if somebody else had told him not to fight, to the point that he was unwilling to fight. What is the difference? The difference is that this time it was coming from inside. When it comes from inside, the lack of will to fight something or the lack of will to do something, then we are on a dangerous platform. Hmm? So that internal will is very, very strong. And this is why the 18 chapters or maybe 17, hmm, 17 chapters of Bhagavad Gita is spoken to reignite the internal will of, of Arjun. Hmm? And eventually Krishna tells Arjun in chapter 18, yeah, I've given you the knowledge now you decide what to do. And Arjun, of course, does what Krishna wants him to do because he has reignited his uh, force inside. So, so, so first thing is, you now we should fight, you no, know, to to with our anarthas on a daily basis, <laughs> actually every minute, because they keep sprouting. And then the second thing is, you know, that we should not leave the uh, lose the inner strength, because and if we do, then we need another devotee to come in our life, you know. Who can reignite that uh, that uh, stamina that we might have temporarily lost? Now the next thing is, no use fighting the battles that we have already lost. For the anarthas that we have kept succumbing to, no, it just keeps coming back. Definitely fight it, but don't meditate so much on the fact that we have already lost it so many times in the past. Yeah. For example, you know, I'll keep giving you analogies so I can make my point easier. Yeah, back to cricket again. You know, sometimes you know, uh, the top of the batsman, you know, most heroic batsman, you know, experienced batsman, when a loose delivery is bowled to him, he might miss to capitalize on it. Yeah, he's missed that shot, and it was an easy sixer, but he missed it somehow. The other loose delivery. Now, if this batsman continues to berate himself to say, why did I miss, why did I miss, why did I miss? So many times we have seen this, the next ball that comes, which might again be a loose delivery or a good delivery, one or the other, he might miss it to the point of even getting out. So what cost him his wicked is the fact that he was meditating continuously on something that is past now, rather than something that is present. 
So a lot of time, our mind takes us to the past and just makes it dwell on it, you know, to say, you rascal, you know, you are hopeless, you know, that no, we, we have, we, we tried it and tried it and tried it and we lost it. And I think, you know, there is no chances of us to win. Mind will play those kind of tricks. Just as at the heat of the battle, the cricketer is going through his mind to say, I lost an easy sixer and the crowd is looking at me and, you know, this thing is slipping from my hand. So an experienced player, what he will do, he will eradicate the past to say, forget that, that's gone. There is still so many more balls to come, let me capitalize on it. So as devotees, what we have to worry about is be mindful of what we have missed in the past, but be more careful of what is going around in the present. Yeah. Now, the other thing the mind does, and as I said, you know, I'm talking a lot of things with my own experience, <laughs> because you know, I've been through this battle, and I must say I'm still battling this. Hmm? The other thing that the mind does is throws when we are determined to fight the anarthas, you know, the vices in our, in our heart, you know, such as lust, greed, anger, pride, ego, whatever they might be, you know, it tries to dumb on us all our problems at the same time. To say, oh Madhvananda, hmm? you have got this bad habit, this bad habit, this bad habit, this is your anartha, this is your anartha, and this is what you have done in the past, this is what you are going to do in the future. So it just bombards with all the vices in one go and we become overwhelmed with weight because it's just too much for us to carry. So another thing that I would suggest and possibly you know, has worked for me is, as I said, for the cricketer, he has to negate what he has missed in the past. Yeah? Also, we should not put so much energy in the fights we are going to fight in the future. What mind does is, it takes us to the past and to the future and it tries to uh, elude us from fighting the present battle. Huh? So rather, and for us, if we try to not think too much about the past, be cognizant, but don't dwell too much about it, and future battles, leave it for future, fight today's battles, right now, right here. You know, what are the things that is impeding me from progressing further and further in bhakti, hmm? from getting closer and closer to sweet Krishna? What are those things? Make a checklist of the things that is bothering us the most and then work on those. So be careful about the past and be careful about the future. Be more mindful of the present and work on those. Are you able to relate to me? Or this is too utopian for you or for me? You, you, you with me at the moment? No, you can uh, relate to your own experiences in the own battles you might have had in your sadhana. No, yes, oh, oh, I've lost you or something. I'm just going to make sure that I'm with you, you know, otherwise what's the point? I might finish my talk and then he will say, what did he say? <laughs> so I just want to make sure that we are on the same page, yeah? Now, so then we said, you know, let's worry more about the present than the past and the future. Now, in the present as well, then another thing that works for me, and I think it will work, is that don't try to resolve all the problems of anarthas that we presently face in one go. Hmm? Even within that zoom in feather, hmm? if we make a list of let's say 10 things that we know, you know uh, that is internally a problem for us. You know, they are, you know, my, people who told me, you know, my closest, my, 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 one of my close friends, yeah, he said, we have got three types of lives. Hmm? A public life, a, uh, a public life, a family life, and a private life. 
Public life, we are all nicely dressed and nicely behaved in front of devotees and others. You know, everybody thinks that we are great Mahatmas. Family life, children and spouse know very well who we are <laughs> because there's another battle that goes inside the house. If some of the devotees come home and, you know, there is this, there is uh, frustration between husband and wife, they might never come back to our house. It's another lifestyle altogether. Sometimes, not every time. And then the most dangerous one is the private life that goes in our heart and in our mind, which even the family members don't notice. And that is the harder one. Because when we are visible, we are more accountable. The more the transparency, the more the accountability. But the inner life, there is no transparency to, uh, to anybody at all. It is all brewing inside our heart. God knows what we are thinking even in the Bhagavatam class. Huh? So that is the one that we have to uh, work very, very hard on. But the point I was making that of all the things that is going in our head, in our heart, in our mind, don't, we don't have to try to fight all of them in one go. So a victorious soldier hmm, is not only courageous, but he is also very cautious. Courage is undoubtedly required to win a fight, but caution is also an element to victory. Hmm? So when we are choosing our battles to fight internally, be courageous, no doubt, but also be very cautious to say, just admit it, you know, that some vices that like anger and lust are not going to go away overnight. Hmm? They are going to bother us for God knows, maybe the whole life. So we have to be very careful to accept that some things are going to haunt us for a long time and we work on that. But don't try to become pure devotees overnight is what I'm trying to say. It's not going to work. You know, it, it's, realistically it's going to take a lot of time. So better than uh, the, the aspiration to you know, become completely purified overnight, which if, it, which if it happens is absolutely great, no problems with that, but unlikely it's going to happen to me to be honest. It is better to choose the battles carefully and with caution to say, okay, this is the one that I can remove today, this particular problem in my life that is impeding my bhakti, I'm going to remove it today. That we can have, and literally write it down. But some of the other ones that are more stronger enemies, develop a different plan, you know, to say, rather than focusing on those enemies, I'm going to focus on Krishna, higher taste, Param Drishtva Nivartate, you know. So if I focus on Krishna, and let's come back, right, let's try to do a mini recap. So when we, when we try to, you know, not worry too much about the past and the present, our past and the future, worry about the present. In the present, you know, choose our battles carefully, hmm? be realistic, of what's going to work and what's going to take more time, you know, to get over it, so on and so forth. But in all this, if we have Krishna on our side, then what happens when we win the mini, mini battles today? It empowers and encourages and inspires us and gives us the uh, capability to win the battle tomorrow. So when I said that don't worry about the battles tomorrow, I'm not at all saying that they will not come or we should be oblivious to it. All I'm saying is if we strengthen our will today, there is more chances of winning tomorrow. Hmm? We know that Maya Devi has got absolutely zero uh, defeats in her life. We are against an opposition for which at her home ground she has got zero loss. 
No? When you play against the team, sometimes we look at the statistics, right? What is the away win? What is the home ground win? You know, where is the draw? What are the chances of winning? And then they draw the statistics, probabilities accordingly. So we know that Maya Devi has never ever lost any match at all against the Jiva. Zero. The only time she loses is when Krishna is on the other side. So there is Jiva, there is Maya, and there is Krishna. And both of them are energy of the Lord. So when Krishna is on Maya's side, and Jiva is alone, Maya Devi wins. The moment that Jiva takes Krishna as the coach, then the Jiva becomes undisputed. So this deciding factor is Krishna, not so much the Maya. So the Anarthas are there because of all the illusion in our heart and all the habits from the past. But as devotees, if we just take Krishna on our side as our captain or our coach, then those devotees who have taken only Krishna and fully surrendered, they also have got a zero record of losing. <laughs> this is so beautiful, yeah? Records are very, very extreme on both ends. It just determine, determines, it just depends which side is Krishna on. So take Krishna. That's why, you know, when Arjun was confused, he said, Senayor ubhayor madhe ratham istapamene avachyuta. Oh Krishna, please take my chariot in the middle of the two armies. And what is these two armies for us? One is Maya, the other is Krishna. Arjun did not say, Oh Krishna, you please stay here. I'm going to walk to the middle to inspect the opposition party. He didn't walk. Why didn't he walk? Why did he ask Krishna to take him with the chariot? Because the lesson learned for us is ever, if ever we are confused, always take Krishna with us, even in that confusion. Don't tell Krishna to stay on the chariot and I'll go and see what is happening and then if need be, I'll call you or WhatsApp you. No? Then that's dangerous. So, as long as we take Krishna with us, then we are fine. Because even if we lapse, Krishna knows you know, that how to deal with us. So, always take Krishna with us. Now, 820. I'll make one more point and then I think I'll take question. Because I had so many things that I can speak on this. Yeah? Then, with all these attempts you know, to, to fight our unearthers, you know, we... we and let's say, you no, know, we have zoomed into the present one, and in the present ones, we have selected the ones we want to battle every day, you know, and then grow from there. Is that we have to give all our might. For this fight, give all our might. For example, you know, um, let's say if somebody was trying to pick our pocket, what would we do? We're not going to let it go without a good fight, right? If somebody just tries to shove into our pocket and we are standing in a queue or something, a lot of times we are already careful even if there is no pickpocketer, right? We are always guarding our possession, especially in our pockets. If there is a wallet there, you know, rupees or dollars are there, we are guarding it. But if we know that somebody is actually trying to pinch into the pocket, then we will be more careful and we will give a fight. Why? Because what is valuable should be protected. What is of value to us, what is of wealth to us should be protected. That's just natural phenomena, right? Now, interestingly, hmm, when it comes to our greatest wealth, what is our greatest wealth? Our greatest wealth is our consciousness. We may lose everything, absolutely everything. The only thing and the most there is only one thing that always stays with us, and that is our consciousness. And that consciousness 
is the platform on which there can be permanent happiness. And that consciousness which can give us permanent eternal happiness is called Krishna consciousness. So whatever degree of Krishna consciousness that we have developed, that is our greatest wealth today. Protect it. Even if it's 10%, 20%, 30%, 1%, protect it until it becomes 100%, yeah? which is called pure bhakti, unadulterated love for Krishna. So in the meantime, whatever degree of consciousness is always ours, right? Even if it's not Krishna consciousness, because it can be demoniac consciousness. That is still us. That's actually, if you go deeper, we are all good people. <laughs> Did you know that? If you go deeper, you all are all wonderful pure devotees of the Lord. That is your innate nature. But somehow or the other, at the moment, you know, the soul is choked and covered with anarthas. And that is not Krishna consciousness, that is some other mundane consciousness. So we develop, you no, know, gradually develop Krishna consciousness. So anyway, coming to the point, that Krishna consciousness that we have got is our greatest wealth. Protect it. If somebody tries to pickpocket that Krishna consciousness, we should fight with all our might. But, what is interesting is, lot of times, you know, the, 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 the power of material enjoyment. The, the power of material enjoyment, allurements, advertisements, steal our Krishna consciousness on almost like a regular basis. So then the question becomes, how much are we going to fight against that? You know? And a sincere devotee will fight with all his might. So just as we protect our you know, wealth in our pocket very carefully, we should always protect our Krishna consciousness very carefully as well. You know? Safeguard it, because that's the platform for happiness. What is, you know, realistically what we have discovered and observed that our heart is like a garden. Hmm? No matter how much the weeds we pull out <laughs> and let the plants grow, somehow or the other the weeds start keep creeping, keep creeping. You know? So our heart of bhakti is like that garden. Hmm? You, we pluck the weed out, some more will grow. We pluck the weed out, some more will grow. It's just natural. At any point in time if we think that we have outgrown the weed, it's probably a dangerous situation to be. If our mindset thinks that we are now pure devotees, we have lost, we have fought all the battles and we have won all of them, we don't have any anarthas, as if it's almost like saying that there will be no ever any weed in the garden. It will come. So better assumption, even if we are pure devotees, is still a better assumption is that the weeds might creep in our heart. And be careful with those weeds creeping, you know, as the Americans will say, nip it in the bud. Yeah? So weed it out immediately before even it sprouts. It will come, but just nip it in the bud before it becomes very dangerous. Just as, you know, just as what is Lord Narasimha Dev is doing with Hrinakashapu, you know? When Lord Narasimha Dev is playing this leeler of, you know, being beaten by the demon and letting him sleep, from the Lord's perspective and our perspective, I guess, is only a leela. It's only a pastime. But for us, sometimes when we think we have, you know, got Krishna and sometimes he slips away and then sometimes we think we have got rid of Maya and she comes back, this is not a Leela, no? this is not a pastime. <laughs> this is actually, you know, our activity going on, which is entangling, binding or non-binding. So whether it is binding or non-binding will depend on how carefully we choose our battles in this endeavour to grab Krishna and let Maya go. Hmm? So just this morning I was reading uh, 
when I was doing my daily Bhagavatam reading, you know, uh, Parikshit Maharaj asked Sukhdev Goswami, I'm trying to recall because you know, I, was, I had not prepared about it, but it just came to me. Uh, he said that, uh, yeah, what was the context? The context was, huh, so, Sukhdev, uh, so Parikshit Maharaj asked Sukhdev Goswami to say that Lord Rishabdev, Canto 5, Lord Rishabdev, you know, when he, when he was an Avaduta, you know, and he was of course an incarnation of the Lord, why did he not uh, have at least a decent uh, material facilities for his Krishna consciousness because he was completely renounced, roamed around like a madman, you know, with no possessions at all. So Parikshit Maharaj was intrigued you know, and asked the question to say, well, for devotees, material opulence comes automatically by the grace of the Lord. So he can utilize them in the Lord's service. So why was he so extremely renounced that he almost looked like a madman, you know? and the children were beating him and all that. So he asked that question. And then Sukhdev Goswami gave this response, which is the verse that I read today. He said that, just as a cunning hunter is always careful of the animal it has captured. Hmm? So what does it mean? If there's an animal that we have captured as a hunter, the animal can always run away if we are not careful. And just as Garuda is always careful with the snake it has captured, because the snake can also run away. Similarly, Sukhdeva Goswami says that the mind is that cunning animal that can slip away even if we think we have captured it temporarily. So always be careful of the mind. So Krishna tells us in Bhagavad Gita, yeah, the mind is the greatest enemy and as well as it can be the best of our friends. So, know that the battle is in the mind, with the mind, of the mind. <laughs> it's all coming here. Somehow or the other, develop a plan, you know, a strategy uh, to overcome you know, the, the things that you want to overcome in your progress to bhakti. Have hope in Krishna. Uh, and Krishna is more powerful than Maya. More, 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 Krishna is bigger than our problems. So, for him, he can solve it. So if we are always, you know, uh, demoralized, not always, let's say time to time when we are demoralized with our endeavor, chant intensely, beg Krishna to help us and some magic will happen. Okay? 8.30, 8.28, I'll pack it here and I'm happy to take any questions or comments. And you can add as well, yeah? If you want to add something, you can add as well. Your own realizations. Yeah. I um, thank you for the wonderful class. I um, was wondering at the, the start of this verse, it says that uh, uh, the demon Hiranyakashipu started to beat Nasima. Yeah. But in the word-for-word -word translation, it, it doesn't sound like he was beating him. But from the translation, it sounds like he's beating him. I thought that was interesting. Maybe that's like a needs rewording or something maybe somewhere down the line. Um, but another thing that I wanted to um, ask you is, do you have any practical tips when it comes to like writing or uh, like you were mentioning, write, write stuff yeah. down? What, yeah. what do you do? Yeah, so uh, uh, thank you. No, so everything. Yeah, so for back to the beating. Yeah, you know, the Lord enjoys it. Times to time to time, the Lord enjoys it, you know, because Prabhupada explains to us that you know, Krishna comes down sometimes for wrestling matches as well. He gets kind of bored, you know, so he wants to also come to the gym of the material world, you know, just to flex his muscles. So, yeah, you know, you and I beating the Lord is not possible, even if we were demons, because we are not that powerful. So, he chooses his own people to be the demons, because Hiranyakashipu at the end of the day is, you know, Jain Vijay. So, he chooses his own people for the battle, and he comes and relishes it. 
uh, it's part of his lila. So yeah, beating, punching, you know. Even when uh, Bhishma Pitama throws arrows at Krishna, you know, Krishna is enjoying them, you know, like roses. So like that, you know. So 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 that's okay. So in terms of note taking, yeah, note taking is absolutely important. Oh, no, it's I was I I wanted to say the beginning of my lecture, but I forgot actually. And you reminded me you know, to make the point. This is the first time ever I'm lecturing uh, with the help of my laptop. Generally, you know, uh, I, I I write my notes and I print it, and then I you know speak on it. You know, there's four or five bullet points, and I just elaborate on it as I go. But today, first time ever, I said save the forest. <laughs> Enough of printing, you know, so I thought I'll try with my laptop. So I was a little nervous actually at the beginning to say, what if this shuts down, you know, or the, or the screen goes and all that thing. And I'm not a very techie guy, right? I'm, I'm more of a book guy, you know. So like that, so it helps. So anyway, so back to notes, yeah, you know, write it down, you know, have a whatever, a, a physical notebook or a digital notebook. This, this, everybody is smart because everybody's got a smartphone. That's why we are smart, yeah. <laughs> so have a smartphone and have a notepad. And write down there literally, you know, of the things that you want to presently battle with and, and your success, you know, score against that battle. Just give a score out of 1 to 10. You know, a smiley or an angry face or, you know, a flat face, some kind of face. And then just assess it. So if you draw and plot it, you know, on a weekly basis, uh, where we are going wrong, where we are going right, it actually helps. So writing is very important. Note taking is very important for devotees. You know, a lot. We don't have to be so pedantic to the point of becoming uh, fanatic about it, you know, uh, and uh, and overdoing it. But have some kind of major major things noted down, you know, to say, yeah, these are the things that I can work on. These are the things that I think I need guidance on and talk to devotees uh, because uh, even the best of the players, you know, they are coached by professional coaches. So it's not about, all about no, uh, the, the ability to shoot the ball in the net. It's just not about that. It is also about the ability to have the right character to shoot the ball in the net. Yeah, Amongst all the pressures of thousands and millions of people watching you. So that's when the coach comes handy, the mentor comes handy. Yeah? So have somebody who can guide us for the bigger battles. So, so we don't have to be in the extremes of finding it alone. We don't have to be in the extremes of thinking we can never win. We don't have to be in the extreme of thinking that we will win overnight. <laughs> Better to be realistic and have a mentor. Yeah? And write it down, some or the other. Some, whichever way it works for you. Bullet points, tables, charts, whatever works. Yeah? Graphs. Does, does that help? Did I answer your question? Yeah, yeah definitely. So like kind of like a weekly review kind of thing yeah weekly daily you know before you go to bed write it down no i write down i've got my own diary that i write down, write down things there and again i'm not a fanatic of writing a diary you know every day whatever key things happen in my life i write it down for example today i'll write down that today was my first ever lecture based on notes of my laptop because you know when i look at it in 20 years time it's like I don't know whether laptops will exist back then or not. It will be all in the mind, you know, just type it here. But like big, big things that happen in my life, you know, like I would write it down. And I would also write down the things that I lost and, and how to overcome it. So when I look back at it in 30 years time, it's like, oh, okay, you rascal, you're still fighting the same battle, <laughs> like that. Okay, anybody? Oh, I 35. Maybe one more? Yeah.
Thank you, Rohit, for the wonderful class. Thank you. My question was, you said, uh, whenever we do something wrong in the past, we should not continuously think about it or uh, start blaming it. Uh, but we also need to learn from it. So yeah. how do we balance? Yeah, both definitely. Yeah. So there is lamentation and there is remorse, you know, and there is corrective action taken. So lamentation is worrying about the past and staying in the past. Krishna was against Arjun lamenting about the past. So the definition of lamenting is I've done something wrong but I want to live in that wrong in the past. That is lamentation. Whereas a more intelligent thing to do is draw the lessons from the past but live in the present. So that is moving away from lamentation. Yeah, Coming in the present, drawing on the experiences, leveraging of the experiences of the good and the bad we have done and, and allowing that to help us fight the current battle. And when we do that, so we move away from the past to the present and when we gain enough experience in solving the problems of the present, as I said before, then it empowers us to be better placed to fight the battles tomorrow. So see, it's a beautiful journey, you know. Lessons from the past, fight the present, develop the character to fight the tomorrow that comes. But if we continue to live in the past, then it's a waste of time. And if we try to fight the battles tomorrow, it's not even yet happened. Fight what is there today, right? So if you tell the mind to fight the battles that we want to fight, it will stop telling us from the battles we don't want to fight. Hmm? Does that make sense? Hmm. So good, good observation, you know, and thanks for seeking the clarity. No? So definitely don't ignore the past, but be more careful of the present. Already, we stop it here. Thank you. Yeah.